Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more. We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be, a country that is bruised, but whole, benevolent, but bold, fierce, and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation, because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain. If we merge mercy, with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with every breath from my bronze pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west. We will rise from the windswept northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation, in every corner called our country, our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Hello everyone and welcome to Red Kite. I'm Saren and I'm here with Ellie, Autumn, Peter and Tony. And um, what, what have we got in the show today, everyone? Hi, thanks Saren and welcome everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is the first episode of Red Kite in 2021. And by the way, you just heard Amanda Gorman, who is the 22-year-old youth, national youth poet of the United States who read that poem at the presidential inauguration a couple days ago. And I noticed she said next generation. I think she took that from us because that's the name of our, our youth program. So we'll let, her, we'll let her borrow that for the inauguration because these are the next generation broadcasting foundation, uh, music and other groups. So today on the show, what we've got, uh, we're gonna be hearing in a little bit, we're gonna be talking about the inauguration a few times throughout the show, but we're gonna also hear a little bit of a conversation with, uh, about public art in East Leeds with a good friend of Chapel FM named Claire Irving, who runs a thing called East Leeds Project. Uh, Autumn and I were part of a, a group conversation with other broadcasters with her this week. Uh, she'll be back later in the show. And then Peter and his group is gonna talk about some writing that was done about the presidential inauguration and impressions from that. And then we're gonna hear sound reviews about Leeds, uh, sound projects happening across Leeds. And I think Ellie and Sarah, and you were both part of that as well. Um, and then back with a little more of Claire and a bunch of great music as well. So that's what we've got on the show for today. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Tony. So first of all, it'd be great to find out what you all made of what you just heard, really. Amanda Gorman, a poet, youth laureate, talking, well, to the world. That was extraordinary, wasn't it? So, yes, yeah, Seren, what did you make of that? 
I found it like really interesting and from a structural point of view in the writing the rhythm of it it was just amazing it was really it just rolled on didn't it like a big river of words it was yeah really beguiling yeah lovely stuff ellie how about you i found that the way she performed it really sparked a fire that kind of made you want to feel like she's feeling it how she's performing it because she's really she's really trying to put her heart and soul into showing us what this poem's all about and why why she's there performing it for us absolutely and just uh yeah i mean she she was making a, a kind of debut on the world stage there your it's your first time on red kite isn't it how are you feeling um, quite good actually. I mean, it's good to try something new and I am really enjoying it. Great stuff. Well, we're going to be hearing more from you a bit later on because you wrote a review of Sounds of Our City, which is uh, uh, something we'll be hearing a bit later in the show. Autumn, did you watch the inauguration? Um, sadly, no. I would have liked to. What did you make of Amanda Gorman? Um, from the entire thing from itself you really got the idea of what was going on and for those people who didn't truly understand you know what was going on and the extent of why the inauguration was such a big event for americans specifically you kind of understood it all from that poem itself you understand the premise of why people are fighting in such a way they are and you know that they're planning something big to ensure that everything is fixed at least by the end of this generation wow Absolutely. That's a big grand view, uh, which echoes the kind of, yeah, the, the scope of, of what Amanda was was saying. I loved the way she drew in north, south, east, west, different climates in each part of the state. It was fantastic. Tony, how about you as, a, uh, as somebody from Chicago? Yeah. Well, I have to say also, if people haven't seen the video of her giving that, which is all over YouTube and everything now, you can watch it. But along with the way she used her voice, she also used gestures. And so, yeah, uh, we've lost Tony, but uh, that's one of the vicissitudes of the Internet. But yes, uh, I think I'll preempt what he said, she, 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 what he was going to say. Uh, she, she really did. She used her body. She used her hands. Everything about she was very, very eloquent in in every way. I think uh, somebody was telling me that she got about sort of five million followers on uh, social media overnight. <laughs> uh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Thanks. By the way, nicely done, Peter. Picking up. You read. You read my mind and carried my sentence forward beautifully. Um, oh, great. Anything else you want to add? No, I just think it was just. It was a really. It was a really powerful, exciting week, and, and it was great to be able to talk about it on the radio, uh, either early in the week and, and especially today. And we're going to hear some song, a couple songs from, from uh, inauguration events as well later in the show. Great. So, Go for it. So, Autumn, we're going to hear a little bit from a conversation we did earlier this week with a woman named Claire Irving, um, and you're part of the Next Gen Broadcasting Group. First of all, how's, how's that group been going, and uh, how are you feeling about radio making these days? Um, I've been feeling good about it in general. Um, it's fun being part of the group and the whole conversation we have was quite interesting in a whole. Um, and 
yeah, it's just interesting. Great. Well, and so we're going to hear a little bit of Claire right now. We're going to hear about six minutes or so. And then at the end of the show, we hear a longer section from her interview. But but, uh, yeah, anything that that came up in particular that, that stuck with you from that conversation to share before we start hearing Claire? It was um, more of the reason that Claire had decided to do what she did with the little um, both podcast and the, you know, the business in a whole. It intrigued me, you know, in a sense of how she felt responsible to do that. Excellent. Well, with that, let's let's go over to hear Claire Irving. She's with the East Leeds Project talking about public art, outdoor art in East Leeds. And also a bit later on, she'll talk about the new podcast that she's creating. So here's Claire Irving and the Next Gen Broadcasters. And we are back on Red Kite on East Leeds FM. I am Sam Armitage, and I'm joined with the rest of the Next Generation Broadcasting team and our very special guest, the co-director of the East Leeds Project and the creator of the We Are Pioneers podcast. Hello, Claire. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. I feel quite honoured, actually. It's, uh, it's lovely to be here. Lovely to meet you too. So you said you were the co-director of the East Leeds Project. What, how, how did you come about co-directing this project? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, <clears throat> I, I think it goes back, um, my, my co-director and I, my co-director is Kerry Harker. Um, we have known each other for a long time and have interwoven, our, our lives have interwoven through the visual arts and the contemporary arts scene as a whole in East um, Leeds, but also more so in Leeds as a whole and West Yorkshire. And um, we bumped into each other whilst actually um, I was working on a, a project which was created by um, Space Two called Gipton the Musical. And we bumped into each, each other because her son was uh, in one of the choirs. Um, and it was lovely to see each other. And we started talking again about the idea that although we neither of us knew we lived in East Leeds, um, that because we'd always had to go into the city to do our creative um, working and we started talking about how little there was creatively for people within East Leeds and yet we you know we knew ourselves of so many people who were creative people in East Leeds and then we um, began um, we put out a survey because we thought well we know a few people but it's just sort of hearsay you know there could be loads of people that actually um, nobody wants to kind of get involved really so we put out a survey in 2018 um, which um, asked people who are you are you creative? What do you what do you make? Where do you make it? Would you be interested in having a maker space? And and we were overwhelmed with how many people said yes, yes, yes. What's interesting is COVID has. We were going to do a whole series of things last year where we interacted with our community and did lots of kind of like making things. So we've visited lots of make other maker spaces as part of our research. There's lots in Leeds and there's lots um, other in other places in the country, but we haven't actually been able to do um, the face-to-face things as we'd have wanted to. What we have been able to do, however, in some way, shape or form, is go for walk meetings. So now we take um, my dog, Billy Joe Bob, who's a beautiful chocolate Labrador and loves everybody. You're all welcome to come on a walk with us at some what point. as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we go walking. We go walking along the White Beck Valley and we walk and we talk and we discuss ideas. So we start to input and start to build up our ideas that way, which is lovely. I think that answers the question, doesn't it? Does that answer the question? Yeah, so, it does. It does oh, good. <laughs> good. 
So we know why you decided to start the found it, like the little um thing you've done. But what the do you plan to project. achieve with it? Yeah. Yeah. What do you plan well, to achieve at the end of it? I think in the main, for the East Leeds project, for our first project, which is um, creating the East Leeds Pavilion, we've been calling it, which is a makerspace. That's the first thing that we want to do is build a makerspace, but it will not be owned by us. We will just be a part of it. We will be part of the bigger picture. So it will be owned by the community. What we want to do is be the facilitators of that, bring together ideas, um, always having an artist working within us so the artist can translate ideas um, and working with Bam and Lyons, the architect, so that there is someone who knows how to build, who knows how to draw the buildings. But once we've done that, the thing we want to move on to next, which we're starting to have conversations with Tony from Chapel FM and Emma Tregidden from e uh, Space 2, is look at East Leeds as a whole. What does it mean to be the east side of a city? You know, what do what 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 separates the east side of a city from the identity of the rest of the city? Um, so we're, we're looking at doing different things. Well, the other thing that we're very interested in doing is doing something what that we're calling at the moment a white white beck weekender. We have this beautiful, beautiful piece of water that goes all the way from Round Hay Park to Temple Newson that goes all the way through East Leeds. And there are so many wonderful things that could happen along that that can be creative in all its great format. So we're very interested in looking at, at that as well. So in answer to your question, Autumn, this is just phase one, really, of um, what we would like to achieve. Our main aim is to make people feel very proud to live in the area that they live in and not feel that they have to go in the city to see something that's artistic or creative but that it will be in the place that they live in because where we live is worth having great work. So you talked about the White Beck Weekender. Yeah. Um, and you you touched on saying that there were so many things that could be done that's creative about it. Can you, yeah. can you maybe tell us? Well, I think <clears throat> when you have certain elements, when you have um, outdoor space, um, when you have, you know, sort of like woodlands, when you have water, there are always things that where artists will come and look at that and go, oh, I know what we could do. We could build a bridge or we could create a sculpture trail or we could have loads of different things. So our idea would be to bring artists and ask them for how they would be inspired to create something like that. That would be for our whole community and anybody else who wants to come, quite frankly. So it wouldn't be predetermined. The, the kind of things that, um, that would happen there wouldn't be predetermined by us. But once again, we would facilitate bringing artists' ideas and using um, um, ideas from people, from artists that live in East Leeds. So instead of East Leeds artists always constantly having to go out somewhere, um, they could actually create something from where they live and you know have grown up. Because when you grow up in a place, you see things in a different way to people who an artist that just comes in, shipped yeah, in from somewhere else.
Welcome back to Red Kite. Here's Peter to tell us more. Thank you, Ellie. Well, that was Bruce Springsteen, of course. And we are talking a great deal today in Red Kite about the inauguration of Joe Biden, the new president of the United States, because it is a massive world-shaking event. I run a writer's group for young people. We've been going now for years, probably six, seven years, we're called Associate Writers. And um, I've been, um, yeah, I've been, uh, in the group that we, uh, when we meet, we meet once a week on a Wednesday. And um, I gave them a task this week. Instead of meeting in the Norway at five o'clock, I said at five o'clock, watch the inauguration on TV. And then uh, at six o'clock, join and talk about particularly about the language in the inauguration what what words were used uh, by the politicians by even in the coverage and that we had a discussion about that there were two men members of the group there that night anil and billy and uh, what you're going to hear now is some of the discussion and some of the writing that they did i asked them just to put some of their favorite phrases down on paper and join them together and see what came up so that's what we're going to hear now. inaugural speech by uh, Mr. Biden. He called for unity. It was it was quite nice to to watch Kamala Harris come uh, with her to take her oath. There were some uh, pr prominent, uh, you know, um, singers there. Lady Gaga with the with the, with the national anthem. So it was as well as being something to watch as part of uh, history and political there was a entertainment side to it as well there was a lot of mention of being peaceful with the rest of the world america uh, making good ties with uh, people in america themselves but with the wider world as well and that was a contrast which i found quite um, like empowering and quite warming as well about um, diversity and and bringing bring people together and bring people together and equality and and um, and a lot of messages of hope and um, peace and um, uh, democracy that was the big thing democracy and um, when there was the the Reverend Beerman, who I think was from uh, Joe Biden's home state, he mentioned the, the voice of God, and mm. it was quite, it was quite endearing and nice, because mm. uh, it, it didn't seem so rigid and that's the way I can ex explain it. So wooden, as if as how we're used to. Yes, it was quite poetic and also quite realistic as well, and it sort of reflected 
I mean, there was a lot of there was a, there was a lot of poetry. I think it's about a new chapter in the United States, about the future, and doing that through elegance and beauty of words. We will repair our alliances and engage with the world once again. It's about reaching across and loving one another. This is America's day. Here we stand, a president for all Americans. Faith, reason, respect, genuine and heartfelt, bringing people together, unity, rallying the troops, diversity, equality. This land is your land. This land is my land. Protect, defend, harmony, dignity, love, healing, honesty, truth, justice. Somebody to lean on. You can lean on me. 
Hello everyone and welcome back to Red Kite. Peter, what's going on? Well, uh, it was lovely to hear Lean On Me there. And uh, before that, we heard the associate writers uh, with their own take on the inauguration of Joe Biden this week. But uh, we've got a bit of a literature review now, so I'm going to pass over to Tony. Hello. So hearing all this talk about words and the power of words, we heard Amanda Gorman at the beginning of the show, the young poet laureate in the United States. I thought it's always a good thing to take a few minutes and just share a bit of what people have been reading. Maybe there's some interesting book recommendations out there. So anybody, Ellie, Sarah, and Autumn, something you've been reading that you want to share with listeners? Yeah, so um, I've currently been reading Hunger Games. Something I found really interesting about this was the in-depth kind of life we get of the characters and how this might be applied to real world because I'm quite into the dystopian books. This, these, this series was really interesting for me to read and I've had a few of my friends tell me that it was good and I found that also the... Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes gave me a, a more in-depth look into the world of the world of this series. Uh, and dystopian books, I think it's so there's, and there's it's really been kind of a golden age for dystopian books lately. But what do you think is it about dystopian types of stories that are maybe helpful in some way or what makes them interesting to dive into? I think maybe the because it shows you, it lets you escape from the world because currently, because of the coronavirus, I found more time to do things such as reading and it's helped me look into find something to do and immerse myself in something different other than the normal books that I might read. And I found it really quite interesting of the author's point of view of things and yeah. Good stuff. How about you, Autumn? What have you been, what have you been diving into? Um, I've been kind of reading things like, well, they aren't books, but they're more like Wikipedia stories. Um, and it's from the SCP Foundation. It's basically just like a collective set of like fan writers who are creating like mini characters that can range from nightmare creatures to little piles of jello that can cure depression if you hug it. Um, and I find it interesting because of how many there are. I think there's like I don't know, like 6,000 of them or something. Um, and it's, they're all like, they have their own little lore and they make it seem like it's a genuine, like in-depth scenario, like an actual um, secret government organization is actually housing these things because of the way that they class it and they give certain ones like classes like SAFE or Euclid or Kita and just like the depth that they go to, um, and it's just a very interesting thing to read. Mm -hmm. Excuse my ignorance, but what's in the SCP Foundation? Um, the SCP Foundation, it's like a fan, it's a fictional like thing. Uh, SCP stands for Secure, Contain and Protect. And it basically just means like it's a foundation that um, contains anomalies, quotations, um, and basically like things that are out of the ordinary. Like, as I said before, from that very from nightmare creatures to little jello balls um, and it's basically full of like um, scientists and experiments some of them with like really detrimental effects to the entire world as a whole um, and it's 
it sounds no, your description is definitely, and especially the image of little jello balls that if you hug them will cure depression. That's a, that's a, that's a fascinating image, and we get to talk more about that sometime in the future on the radio. Um, let's see who else? Uh, Peter, what have you been reading? Uh, well, I'm into all things American at the moment. Uh, I've been watching the West Wing and uh, looking forward to seeing All the President's Men on Friday night. She's <laughs> on television. It's a fantastic film if nobody's seen it. But I'm reading some poems by Frank O'Hara, who was an American poet from the, uh, you know, from the 50s and 60s. Sadly died at the age of 40 but, or 42. But uh, yeah, so I've, I've been reading some poetry and uh, yeah, I, I, I've really enjoyed it. Fantastic. Um, who do we have left? Uh... Me, Saren. Saren, that's right. Um, I've been reading at the moment a book called Sophie's World by, I think I'm pronouncing this name right, I'm not really sure, Josephine Garder, and it's all about philosophy and an introduction to philosophy and like, n like intermingling it with a, a narrative. It's a great book, that. Ah. And so she covers the whole range of different philosophies from throughout history, different cultures, that sort of thing? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Ah, good, good, good. And it sounds like Peter's read that. And I just finished up a book called Trickster Makes This World, which is, it sort of ranges across history and time and places. Uh, it looks at all the different kinds of trickster figures in different societies, different cultures and myths. So everything from, because almost every culture has a different kind of trickster figure who sort of, in a playful and slightly naughty way, sort of disrupts and changes the kind of the normal order of things. So everything like in China, they have the monkey king and uh, Native Americans have the coyote or the raven or ancient Greece, ancient Rome had Hermes or Mercury. Um, and it's been really fun and interesting to try to think about why every society has to come up with this idea of a kind of a trickster figure. They sound like they could fit right into the SCP, some of these trickster figures as well that Autumn was talking about. So, well, great. great. Well, good little roundup of uh, books and good to note down some of these to go exploring. Hopefully listeners will, will, will seek them out as well. Thanks very much, Tony. And thanks to everybody for, for sharing their... Uh, the, the books and the reading that they're doing at the moment. We're going to hear now um, from some members of the foundation group, which met on Tuesday night, of which two are with us now, Saren and Ellie. Um, so they wrote a review of an exhibition that's currently on in Leeds down at the Abbey Museum. Anybody want to tell, tell us a little about that uh, museum, uh, uh, sorry, and the exhibition, Ellie? Um, so it shows us, it gives us a glance at the kind of the rich history of music within Leeds and something really interesting within that is it shows us things that we don't expect and it changes our perspective on the buildings we look at every day such as the town hall. Brilliant, thank you. Yes, it's called Sounds of Our City and it's a really interesting online exhibition at Abbey Museum. If you go to Abbey Museum website Abbey Museum, um, Kirkstall, you will see what they've got on. Sounds of Our City takes you right the way through but uh, uh, the history of Leeds music. But we're now going to hear the reviews of that exhibition that were written by members of Next Generation Foundation Group. I don't want to sing about anger and hate. I don't want to sing about fear and defeat. 
I don't want to sing about the things I always sing about. I wish I could sing about love. I wish In the third paragraph of the third room of the Sound of Our City exhibition from Abbey House Museum, it tells us that Leafs College of Music launched the first jazz degree in the entirety of Europe in 1993. This shows that Leeds has always been of the top of the wave that resembles music, but has never been recognised and is hard to explore. But this virtual exhibition lets us explore. This exhibition takes us through a journey of music in Leeds that was once hard to find. From rooms entitled Music in Our Living Room to Religious Music in Leeds, the exhibition has something for everyone. A character from this intriguing tale is Danny Freeman, who bust outside Marks and Spencer's for over 20 years. And the money he made? £250,000 for good causes, like local hospitals. He sadly died in 2004, but his story shows the positivity that music can bring to a city. And in this case, it's the city of Leeds. Although this story impacted me a lot, my favourite room just had to be Music in Leeds Town Hall. Who knew that place we all think we know so well could have such a hidden musical history? From its opening by Queen Victoria in 1858 to Leeds piano teacher, Fanny Waterman co-founding the Leeds International Piano Competition. Their tale is truly extraordinary. My favourite is closely followed by the room called Concert Venues in Leeds, but it surprised me how they didn't include facts about brooding our social club in there. After all, it is a big part of the Leeds music scene. Despite this, this exhibition is one of a kind and shows us just how hidden Leeds' music scene is. It shows us it is integrated into buildings we just walk past, names we hardly know, but most importantly, it's integrated into the people of Leeds. I don't want to sing about war and greed. I don't want to sing about those we can't feed. I don't want to sing about the things I always sing about. I wish I could sing about love. Oh, so I found a fact on a band called The Bedrocks who had to go to London to record with only £25 and a rented van to record a song. I found that really cool because they were able to get there with no problems, ration and sleep in a van together. The exhibition is about the history and evolution of music in Leeds. Music in Leeds started over 100 years ago. My favourite character or characters is a band called the Bedrocks, as I talk as I was talking about them earlier. The story is they play a few gigs and and on one of the gigs, an EMI asked if they would record a song in London, and that's how they became big. The room I liked is the the room called Music on Stage and on Screen. I liked it because it tell it told me how music became a part of TV and and plays. It shows us that music is not just for emotion or dancing to. It tells us that it can create feelings and watching or tell you something that a character in a play or a show 
had did not say or show show showed you. I think they were missing a few bands and musicians or instruments that that could have been included, but there were a few stuff there were a few things that they included that even I didn't know about. I don't want to sing about suffering and pain. I don't want to sing for another campaign. I don't want to sing about the things I always sing about. I wish I could sing about love. I wish I could sing The about City of Leeds School of Music provided an opportunity for those interested in music. Something I found superbly interesting regarding the history of this school was the outcome of its doors being closed. I found that the accounts and views of different people in society really caught my attention. I found myself enthralled in the task of unearthing the causes and outcomes of the process to close this school. For example, an account from Yorkshire Evening Post hints at the possible reason for this outcome being that the opposing view from professional musicians was carried forward four years later to the final decision to close its doors. Leeds has a dense and colourful background of music and arts, creating what today can only be described as a rich history of culture. Before today, most of us cannot begin to imagine what Leeds can offer in terms of the history of music we have and the change that has made to our future. The expedition shows us a glimpse into this history, the world of music around us. Not only did the school interest me, I also found myself looking into the life and works of Angela Morley. I found that she was immensely inspiring and left me wanting to know more. Angela Morley was born in Leeds as Walter Scott and transitioned to become female. What I found incredibly inspiring was that she became the first openly transgender person to be nominated for an Oscar. This was really inspiring because it showed the world that was considered to be different was in fact normal. And these people, normally isolated, could go on to achieve great things. My particular favourite was music in Leeds Parks. I was really interested in looking into this because I found myself looking at hidden history of the places I visit daily. The history that has really changed the way I view these places. For example, opera in the park and party in the park held at Temple Newsom really caught my interest. I was oblivious to the rich history Temple Newsom has. Now I can look upon this place as something new and much more beautiful. Something that could be improved upon is the history of music now, how that reflects what we see in the industry and how it has changed on the course of history, showing us what we can expect to see within the years ahead, preparing us to the future that will soon be the past. The exhibition of music in Leeds continues to make the history of music shine. It helps us reflect on the influence of this art everywhere we look, helping us shape a future for the culture we see everywhere. It helps us unlock a past that many of us are oblivious to. So while I was um, exploring this exhibition, I came upon and I listened to an interview with Jabbar Karim. It's really interesting listening to how his radio, which is Fever FM, um, 
was more than just music and it really represented the South Asian community in Leeds, as well as spreading local information, as well as, um, for example, funerals, uh, just local news in general. And it was also really interesting because he was talking about how um, with this radio, as it grew, he got more white British listeners and he was really he was really welcoming to that because he really wanted to um, spread his culture and get it more known amongst the vision was actually about the music scene in Leeds and it was talking about um, all the cultural influences uh, that the music scene has um, been inspired by and that was involved evolved over time spreading more information about the early music in Leeds even in the 19th century as well as also exploring exploring the buildings in Leeds and their past in the music and what they what their roles have been played and who's played in them buildings which is really interesting to listen to and read about um, there was one character which I was really interested in reading about because when I went over it before I didn't get I didn't get a chance to read it but I read about blind Alf who has been blind since childhood he still managed to earn his money through singing and playing his accordion which personally I think is amazing because he's managed to overcome his um his this, these obstacles in life and I think it's just really amazing that he can actually do this with his disability but also it's very motivational and inspiring for other people um, to maybe take up an instrument or do something they've been holding off. And uh, I think he's just a very fascinating character. Um, also in this exhibition, almost set up in rooms. So there's different rooms with, like, within the pages you scroll down. One of my favourite rooms in there was the music in the streets. It really... Um, exposed and explored the influence that the Caribbean ha community has had on, in Leeds, as well as shining a light on the buskers um, of, in the streets who made who made Leeds lively and a good place to be. Really, really showing um, what Leeds is and capturing capturing the um, personality of everyone there. Um, but however, I, I should also mention that. That this page should also mention the newer artists in Leeds and the more recent music near the end, almost like a timeline, so you can see exactly how it has um, evolved over time, and maybe how these new new artists have been inspired by the past, and what, um, maybe explore their life a little more, and what Leeds means to them. Uh, so overall, yeah, it's been been really interesting learning about all the influences in Leeds and how the style and culture has changed over time um, due to everyone from different communities, Caribbean community and Asian community, all integrating together to, and uh, just making great music and spreading awareness for everything.
Welcome back. You're listening to Red Kite. Here's Tony. And thank you. Thank you. We're getting close to the end of the show. We've got one more feature and one great song coming up. But first of all, Sarah and Ellie, Autumn, Peter, how's everyone feeling about the show? I think it's going well so far. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, nice. And that last feature was really interesting. I feel like I learned so much and packed into 10 minutes about the history of music and leads. So which as a still somewhat newcomer, I feel like there's, there's so many interesting things. And Sarah, and I know you're, you're a bit of a music explorer, right? Going to festivals and you seem to know a lot about, about different parts of music. Is that right? Yeah, I do. I just love exploring everything about it. Yeah. And that project of uh, exploring the, doing the sound reviews, did you, anything that really stuck with you that you discovered from doing that? A, a lot, really. I just yeah. couldn't believe there was so much of Lee's music scene that was hidden. Yeah. No, and it's so and it's so important to kind of bring some of that history back and connect up with it. And especially when we get out of lockdown and we can go back to to hearing live concerts again. How's what's the last time anyone's been to a live concert? Do you remember the last bit of live music you saw? Anybody? Um, I do. Yeah. What was it? Um. It was three years ago. Um, it was like this little um, concert thing my family had went to in a camper van. Um, I don't remember much. All I remember is that my um, aunt and uncle were there and that um, some of my dad's friends were there as well. That was how we spent the majority of it. It was overnight, so we didn't spend that long. It was just like um, normal music from small um, makers, there was a Bansy Castle, though. That, I must admit, was pretty cool. Um, uh, but that was it. Uh, well, being outside hearing music. Well, if anyone out listening to the show is missing some live music, we've got a little bit of good news for you, even though, of course, we can't go back to doing full-on concerts in our venue at Chapel FM. I know that uh, Elliot Moon, who's running tech for the show today, is, is organizing some digital, some more digital live events in the coming weeks and months. So stay tuned for some interesting events that you can at least watch streamed by Chapel FM. So I think there's some plans for an open mic and even uh, an exciting uh, quiz night coming up on East Leeds FM too that you can be part of uh, and from the Chapel FM Art Center. So before we go, any last thoughts? We're gonna go back and hear a little more from Claire Irving in just a minute about public art across East Leeds and the new podcast they're developing. But uh, anything else before we go? Anybody wanna to, want to share with the, the world? And if not, we're ready to go. So thanks again, Sarah and Ellie, Peter, Autumn, for joining us here on Red Kite today at the end of January. So here is the East Leeds Project, Claire Irving, talking with the Next Generation Broadcasters about public art, East Leeds. Here it is. Uh, yeah, back to the like making stuff. I think it would be interesting like to finally get like some art in East Leeds and like like how you see like paintings on walls in, in like town. And, yeah. I'm just fed up of having to go to town to see how everyone uses their artistic abilities and uses their uh, their like platform. And I th I think that's absolutely right, Harrison. And I think that's one of the when when we talk about East Leeds, if you talk about it in terms of colour, what are the colours that you all think about when you think about East Leeds? For me, it's grey and green. Um, because I don't I think exactly like Harrison, Harrison is saying. There's, there isn't any, um, there's no graffiti wall, there's no kind of art wall, there's no little free libraries, there's no sculpture, there's no um, outdoor kind of um, art that's been created, there's no 
big gardens apart from temple there's no there's no splashes of color that's public um and i think you're right harrison when you go into town you see you know especially at the moment so many pieces of excellent work um appearing on walls and um sculptural pieces um and even you know i suppose what one would call uh now what's it called uh, beautiful benches and that sort of thing interestingly actually um the um Leeds civic trust have just done this thing called take a seat where they're um paying for benches to be put in different places around the city to be painted or decorated or or designed by um people that live in that area and both uh, ourselves east east project space two and um the old gibson fire station um, have all um, won one of these benches. So those those will be going up. But I think we need lots more of that. And I think it needs to be moving all the time. Um, one of the things that Kerry and I talk about quite a lot is, as there is no sign in Gipton, um, the idea of having a, um, a plinth or a piece or a roundabout that has a Gipton sign, but it's, it's constantly, um, it's a piece of work that's constantly um, being um, changed. So new artists are allowed to put a piece on that still talks, uh, says Gipton, etc. Um, but that it, it gives the platform for new and emerging artists to um, show their work. Yeah, I completely I agree. I completely agree with you with that one because, <clears throat> like, especially in these times, you know, yeah. we've we. I don't want to say it's a depressing life that we live now, but it's not. It's not as energetic as what it once was, and you know, going outside and seeing you know, just colour can mm. often, you know, just make you feel a little bit better about yourself, perhaps. So what, what would you like to see, Sam? What 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 kind of things do you would it would inspire you? I don't know, just like I think not just places for professional artists or semi professional mm. artists to come in, but you know, like some everyday people who might not be as talented, you know, like myself. Yeah. I'm I'm not the artist at all. But uh, you can, you know, you can just go in and maybe you can just like, you know, stick a a piece that you've done that you think will yeah. hopefully improve someone else's day, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think and all of that is about making, you know, when you're a maker, you don't, you, nobody's saying you have to be brilliant because if we, if we, if we end up being brilliant, we won't have anything else to make, will we? Because we'll have gone, oh yeah, done that. Pick the box. And it's about a journey. All creativity is about a journey. You know, you must all know, because you're all seem to me to be ridiculously creative. It's fantastic. Because also, like, you see things from... Di people have different perspectives on what they think yeah. is creative or not. Yeah. So you kind of can't say that this is brilliant because someone else can look at it and be like, yeah, no, I don't like that. Yeah. And I think that's what I like about this idea of a rolling plinth, this idea of, you know, rolling, a rolling um, piece where different pieces of art can come up. So it, it's cherishing the people that live there and giving everybody a chance. So it doesn't. So we, we walk away from this idea of exclu exclusivity that you have to have done X, Y and Z before you get a look in, you know, because that otherwise, how do we learn? You know, I mean, amongst all of you, have you? Do you feel you've learned things by being in the next gen with with the with the you know the red kite team from when yeah, you first started? A yeah? lot. A lot. What definitely. do you feel you've learned? I feel like I've learned how to like be more confident 
when I really like started to discover a lot about myself. And I also had like sort of an idea about the whole creative thing as well. I feel like like music is something that could really be shown more of in school. Mm. Because like people like need the arts to be able to express themselves. Like like stuff like that can just open the mind. I agree. I agree entirely. And I think there's a lot of people that work um, uh, with, uh, who are musicians, but are also sculpture, sculptors. They're not sculptures, they're sculptors. Um, <laughs> but um, have you, has anyone ever been to the Yorkshire Sculpture Park? Because um, at the Yorkshire Sculpture Park, there's this kind of um, glade that you can walk through, which is this row of trees. There's this little puddle of trees. And as you walk through it, underneath has put, been put some sound pads. So when you walk on it, you create a piece of music. And I think things like that in our White Beck Weekend, I think that's sort of inspired through music, you know, through a group of people coming together to create that piece of work would be just fantastic. So many people, I think, would love it, you know, walking along the White Beck and just what all of a sudden you get this piece of music that you can create yourself just by how you walk on something. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you think in our makerspace we should have something that is um, where somebody, people can come and create music? Yeah? Okay. It's on the list. (laughs) It's on the list to be discussed. Definitely. I mean, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Um, Anybody else? Does anybody else have any ideas of what they may like to have, what they think would really enhance where we um, live? The idea of games has come up a lot in conversations, you know, whether it's video games or other kinds of games. Mm-hmm. And sort of, do you think there's some connection between people playing games, whether it's a video game or some other kind of game and art? And is there a way that those could somehow exist in public spaces? I mean, often you think of games, especially video games, as kind of a solitary thing. You do it alone and it's on a computer. But have you seen any examples of artists sort of doing using that? I mean, there's, there's loads of examples of that, of digital art. Where, mm. where you can interact with things. Um, so you can press something and it's almost kinetic art. So you press it and it does something else. But I think VR is also another way that you go into a world that's created. I think the two have um, a symbiotic relationship. You know, those who are gamers, I think, uh, as gamers will tell you, I'm not a gamer myself, um, but my boys are gamers and, and there is a real art form into how the pieces are created, how the characters are created. You know, I, I, I definitely think that is um, a creative a way of doing something. I mean, imagine having a being part of a ginormous video game that we filmed, that's um, filmed actually outside. For example, and then create. Oh, here comes Billy. There's Billy. Oh, it's Billy. <laughs> I, um, I, I agree with everything you just said, but I f- find for me, it's also about like the people that you see. I mean, yeah, I grew up in a place where if you went out after nine, you'd see drag queens everywhere uh, down mm. in like Portsmouth, London area, and I just miss seeing creative people. The only two creative people I ever see out anymore are Neve Williams and. Lizzie Dixon and they only go out like during the day and it's like just start, it, mm. I just miss seeing all the creative people walking around and being themselves and Harrison why, why do you think that is what, what does what, why do why do you think that has stopped or that it doesn't happen in these 
I think it's just because, um, like, when you go to town, there's more places, like, to go and do stuff like mm. that nowadays. So people yeah. don't feel like it, it would be best to go and be themselves and, mm. like, show off what they that and express themselves here because there's no yeah. one, like, to see them and, like, uh, talk to talk to. Yeah. So if in our makerspace, for example, what we like, what we're talking about at the moment is this idea that it's transformative. So it's not just a nine to five space, but it transforms to accommodate people's desires. So it could become a club at night. It could become, you know, a bar. It could become a restaurant. I, I love the idea of walls moving within the space so that they move back and it and then you have tables set out and then it moves back and it transforms again almost like a video game actually <laughs> into different spaces for you know making during the day and i i think that's i think i think that it's it's absolutely crucial that you have diverse spaces for diverse populations which is what we are in east leeds we're not all one thing you know we don't all speak one language we don't all come from one place we're diverse and we should be able to have spaces where we live so that we don't have to travel a long way or into the city. I mean, the city ones can be there, you know, I'm not saying they shouldn't, but um, that we can go around the corner and take a walk and just have a lovely night out and then walk home. Why can't we do that? You know, in East Leeds, there's thousands of people. Gitton and Hare Hills have 38,000 people. In the whole of East Leeds, it's, uh, in, in its entirety, including Killingbeck, Seacroft, Garforth, uh, Seacroft, Garforth, all the rest of it, there's 180,000 people. That's a lot of people. You know, surely we could have a few giddy places, I think. Definitely. Uh, me too. Uh, so we've been talking about um, your project and <laughs> any uh, ideas for, for it. How does this... We said um, earlier that you're the creator of the We Are Pioneers podcast. How does all of this uh, relate to the podcast that you've created? Well, the, I, uh, the idea of being pioneers actually started when we had a conversation with Raina, who is uh, one of the founders and directors of Bound Alliance, the architectural um, organisation I was telling you about that has um, is about architecture as a social value. So it looks at how buildings serve the purpose of the people that live in them then it's not for making money it's for making beautiful spaces that everyone can live in or everyone can utilize i think so often you um we have um it, and i wouldn't call it elitist but it's definitely um there's a triangle of of people who have influence over how buildings are built um, I think in the Chapel FM building, it was very much about how religious buildings were built. But at the moment, if we're not careful, especially in these leads, there's a huge expansion of houses. And what those builders are doing, and this may be controversial for some, but I am furious about it, is they are building little boxes that don't accommodate creativity. So they're not looking at beautiful windows. They're not looking at wonderful spaces. They're not looking at creative spaces. They're looking at how many can we pack in here for the least amount of money that we can get the most amount of money back from. And, and I fundamentally disagree with that. Um, and I think, you know, uh, one of the things that, um, that we are trying to do is look at how we create our spaces and um, how we talk to people about what they need in those spaces, which is where the We Are Pioneers kind of idea came from, because Irena says that's what we're doing. We're being pioneers. We're going against the grain of what 
um, is predicted where that from the city. The council have had, you know, it's it's a complicated scenario politically, but basically the council have had a lot of money taken away from them. So they're selling off land to people to buy houses without really saying you must have this, that and the other. What we're doing is saying there is a different way. We can be pioneers in the way that we look at how we work with people. So you, for example, Sam, you know, I don't see you as any better or any worse than I am. You just have a different set of ideas. You know, you your your ideas are just completely different to, to mine. Sometimes, sometimes they're the same. But how will we know unless we have a conversation and I say to you, okay, you're you know, quite a bit younger than me. What do you see as you what that you would like in the area that you live in? Instead of me saying, right, this is what you should probably need because I've read a book about it and I've looked at all the facts and figures and people in this kind of age group need X, Y and Z or they can go into town. No, that we, we can do it differently. We can be pioneers. We can make a different way forward, which is what the podcast is about. And that has to be in terms of how we make, because how we make and how we have those conversations a lot of um, organisations do something called a consultation. You know, they consult groups about this and then they write up a little book and then they go, oh, we've had a consultation and this is what we're going to do. We're not having consultations. We're having, commu- we're having conversations always. And that conversation does not stop. Very much like you all with your next gen stuff. And, you know, it doesn't stop. It changes. It transforms depending on what you've learned and how you've learned and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, that's that's really where we've come from. And that's what really I'd like to discuss in, in the podcast is about how we make what we make, why we make it um, who we make it for, which is always an interesting question, especially with artists, um, visual artists, because a lot of visual artists say, I don't know, I just can't help it. Um, whereas when you're working in theatre or when you're working in, in a team, you know, you're making it to to give to an audience and not all visual artists are doing that this isn't exactly a question this is like a thought that's been on my mind um back when um, you were talking about um art like, i don't think art it doesn't have to always be visual it can just be like created by sound like definitely like last year we all went to nesborough to go see the uh, ravens like we got to record different sounds that I, I, I absolutely agree. And I think um, one of the things that um, I've talked about with Tony is this idea of layered sounds. Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, so that it's, 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 yes, we're having a conversation, but underneath that is the, is the sound of um, perhaps the person in the workshop and underneath that is the sound of where we're walking and underneath that is another sound that comes in, that flies in, of the birds that are around. So this idea of very much layering the, the different sounds um, within the podcast itself, so it isn't just chit-chat, but it has that kind of depth to it. Um, and because I, what I'm also interested in is moments of silence, where um, I, think, I think they call it slow radio, where you just hear what's around you. And it, it doesn't have to be long things, but it's almost like us taking a deep breath, you know, so there doesn't have to be that always filled things. But it, within the podcast, this idea of just a moment of silence before then you move on. It, you know, I, I love I'm really interested in exploring that as a 
as an idea within the podcast itself. I mean, does anybody have any thoughts on that? Will that sound terrible, do you think? <laughs> it's pretty good, I think, because like, I don't know if this is exactly what you mean, but exploring what the thoughts are. Like, not only exploring like, the sounds around you and it's just completely silent, but like the thoughts that are like going on in your mind when you're like yeah. completely silent. Yeah, that's that sort of that's sort of where my thought process of it all is really. Definitely. Definitely. You know, I'd love you all if, if you had the time to have a listen to some of the things that we record and just get your feedback on on how it could improve. Definitely. Definitely. If you're up for that, I mean, I don't want to force you, but uh, it would be nice. No, that sounds great. So, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Claire. Uh, one thing we're going to ask you before you go, we ask everyone this really: Is there anything uh, that you could that you could tell us music-wise that we could play that maybe links to what you're doing, or just you know your mood today? Well, there's a song by Annie Lennox. Um, and I can't remember what it's called, but I've been listening to it recently on on my. Um, allotted walk and uh, with the dog um and it's it's called beautiful something um it's on my spotify but if i send it over to you can i um 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 would that be okay yeah that'd be great yeah thanks um it's just i've yeah it's just quite an uplifting song that i've been listening to there's a couple actually i might send you because some of them i walk around with my um little potty things in um, my ear things, whatever they're called. The other day I was at Temple Newsome, stomping around in the snow, singing my heart out. Totally forgot I was just singing to the ear pods. Looked behind me and there was this bloke really pissing himself laughing. So <laughs> I was singing and dancing and everything. But no, never mind. I'm, I'm putting it down to lockdown. Lockdown fever. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks, Claire. Thanks, Sam, Autumn, Joaria. Uh, Harrison and Josh, who have, have gone, I think, to have their tea, and Elliot for recording us today. You're very welcome. It's been lovely chatting. Anytime. And that was Claire Irving talking to the Next Generation broadcasters here on Red Kite on East Leeds FM. And we've come to the end of the show. We're going to hear Claire's song, Annie Lennox, in just a moment. But first, Peter, a few events coming up, writing on air and others. Yes. I mean, Writing on Air was postponed, sadly, from March last year. and uh, But we're doing it in March this year, at the end, last weekend. First of all, in an online version. So all the shows that were we had pre-recorded, had ready to go on the stocks for last year, we're going to be putting out over one weekend, along with some live events, sadly, online. But um, we hope to do a live version of Writing on Air in may or june whenever we can which involve events in our lovely building we'll see but yes listen out and look out for publicity relating to writing on air which is a four-day festival usually of um, programs for and produced uh, by writers and readers throughout leeds and west yorkshire so um, that's one thing also, just to say, um, I've, we're starting a new writing group, Chapel FM writing group, which is for adults, anybody interested in creative writing, poetry, stories, whatever you want to do, really. And it starts um, this Wednesday at 12 o'clock in the morning. It's online. If you want to get involved in that, best to email me, peter at headstogether.org, all lowercase, peter at headstogether.org. 
radiocommunity.org. And there is more radio coming up in the next few days. On Sunday, we have our Sunday, Sunday Roast broadcast. We have Connections with Paul McKendrick and Sunday Stress Busters by Linda Sage. And you can also listen to earlier today, just before this, we broadcast our Stay Close show with a conversation with a number of head teachers and teachers from East Leeds schools talking about what life is like uh, doing online remote teaching and all the other challenges during the pandemic and lockdown. And finally, if you'd like to learn how to make a radio show yourself, it's good timing. We have a new course coming up called Have a Go uh, starting up in February. And anybody, this is for 18 and older, you can go to the website right on the homepage, chapelfm.co.uk, and you'll find information about how you can sign up or just get more details on the Have a Go course. And over the next month, you'll learn all the basics, all the ins and outs of making a radio show, and you could be here on East Leeds FM later this spring doing your own radio show or doing a show with us. So take a look at that. So with that, we're ready to go. Red Kite will be back in two weeks with another episode, and you can also listen to all the past shows on the archives as well. So thanks, Peter, for joining us. Thanks, Elliot, for doing tech. And here is Annie Lennox singing... Thousand beautiful songs recommended by Claire Irving, our guest on Red Kite. Thanks, Tony. Every day I write the list of reasons why I still believe they do exist. Thousand beautiful things. Even though it's hard to see, the glass is full and not half empty Oh uh-huh.